Welcome back, everybody. It's another episode of Touched by a Horse. I'm your host, Chris Angel, and I'm here with your host today, Devin Carroll. Hello, Devin. Hi, Chris. Great to see you. I'm so excited for this conversation because we're dealing with some powerful, powerful stuff here. Well, we're talking about veterans and first responders and how they deal with trauma and PTSD, et cetera. But let's start with some of your backstory. Like, why are we talking about this? How do we get here? <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> well, I am a combat veteran myself. I served in Afghanistan from 2005 mm. to 2007. Wow. Um, I was a medic over there um, mm. and spent 20 years roughly in, in a medical capacity, um, both military and civilian, wow. including, including a, almost a two-year stint in a maximum security prison. So, Whoa. yeah, there's a wide, wide range Jeez. of... Uh... <laughs> Check you out, Devin. Don't mess with Devin. That's tough. That's great. You're a tough cookie. I like that. Um, well, so, so you, I mean, you came back then from the war, uh, from your service. And um, I mean, what did you notice? Like what, what was your experience coming back from all that? Whew. Um, it was rough. I was angry, really angry. Um, yeah. somebody, would complain, somebody would complain about their foo-foo, frappe latte not being hot enough. Um, mm. and I just want to throat punch them. I mean, it was, <laughs> yeah, right. First world, first world problems. Right. Um, yeah. Right. I had a very hard time reintegrating. Um, mm. it, the, the camaraderie once I got out of the military, cause I only had a year left when I got back, I, I ETS out. Um, yeah. and I lost my family. I mean, not literally my family, but they become family and, and I lost that connection. Right. I was very yeah. isolated, um, felt very alone. Um, walked the ledge of not wanting to be in this life anymore quite mm. a bit. Um, struggled for years off and on with depression. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was, it was brutal coming back for, for a number of years. Even being in therapy at the VA, it did very little to release the, um, I almost felt like a pressure cooker, you know, like, yeah. and there was nothing to release the valve. Um, yeah. I think that would be super frustrating to come back and then try to find help and have the help not really help, right? Like, right which would then leave me with, and I, I don't have that experience, but I, I would think that it would leave me with, if this doesn't help, then I'm stuck. Like I have, I have nothing. What do I have? Right. I mean, would, talk, talk yeah. therapy was, it was, it was good. I mean, it would, it would take a little bit of the pressure off and it would allow me to go function again in the world. Yeah. Um, but then the pressure would build back up. Right. 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 And, and it was just kind of this repeating process. There was no long-term um, help from it. And the medications that they wanted to put me on might work for a month. Then what? you know, we're back to square one. So it was, it wow. was insanely frustrating. Um, wow. Wow. Yeah. How did you find, and you, you had mentioned, um, like nightmares, you had nightmares, like what other things did you notice? Nightmares? What else? Um, so the place that I was living at the time when I got back was right off the freeway in Idaho. And yeah. if semis would be driving by and their tires would blow, it, it mimicked the exact sound of a, a mortar explosion. Wow. And I would find myself just instantly uh, enraged, shaking, heartbeat out of control, couldn't catch wow. my breath. Um, and it would take a while to calm back down. I mean, when that, when that very primal part of your brain takes over, it's, it's difficult to come back from. Um, it was just a very hypervigilant state of existence for me all the time. Right. And it yeah. wasn't like, could, did you find like you could talk to people about like your friends and family or could you talk yeah. to people about this kind of stuff or they, they yeah. just wouldn't even get it? <laughs> no, no. And, you know, the first, honestly, the frustrating part for me, I was a medic over there. So I spent my entire, my entire service time piecing the pieces of war back together, if you will. Mm. I never had to raise my weapon to take a life. Thankfully, I'm grateful for that. Yeah. Um, but the first question out of most 
ordinary civilians, if you will, out of their mouth was, did you kill anybody? Really? Wow. No, but you can be the first one. It's yeah, right. That's that's the worst question you can ask right, somebody, and that's that's what I came back to. So no, it, it shut wow. me down even further um, in, in trying to talk about it because nobody that hadn't been there really got it. Wow. Do you find? I feel like there is um, this huge need in the space of veterans and also first responders because of the type of traumatic situations they find. Like, there's this desperate need for something that works. Like, absolutely. Like, a process or a system or something where, and it's not, it's not like a, Oh yeah, I might check that out. It's like a, no, first thing you do when you get back or first thing you do is you go here because this is what helps reintegrate. Uh, I mean, how else would you describe that? Like, it's not, it's not just reintegration. Is it healing? Is it? I, I would argue it is healing. Um, and it, it, it's in reintegration. It's all of that. Um, I, I had a horse. So a little quick backstory. I grew yeah. up around horses my whole life. Um, mm had been around a lot. My mom used to breed and raise uh, Arabians. So I'd been around a lot of babies. Um, but it was in 2001 that this one particular foal dropped on the ground and he was my soul pony. We locked eyes. It was love at first sight. Um, and he was my go-to. I could have the worst day ever and I could get out of my car from a horrible day at work and he would whinny at me and I would run up and jump in the pin with him, wrap my arms around him and he'd wrap his head around me and the whole world was okay again. Wow. He was a godsend. Um, and I lost him three weeks before I got back from Afghanistan. And that also oh, crippled my recovery no coming back. Kidding. Yeah. Um, no so, you know, to, to have something that actually works, um, you know, like I said, talk therapy, it, it's not, I don't, I don't knock it. It serves a purpose. And, and it gave me great awareness, um, especially to deal with, you know, when these visceral symptoms would come up, the, you know, the, the shaking and the heart rate, I could actively start deep breathing and trying to come back down. Um, but it wasn't enough. Um, and for me, you know, the, the horse piece for me is I could have these horrible thoughts, um, mm. you know, that I felt very ashamed to express to anybody else mm -hmm. and they don't judge. I could just stand there with them and I could bawl my eyes out and I could mm -hmm. express everything that I was too scared to express to somebody else to them. Yeah. And they just stood there and held space beautifully. I mean, it was so, so therapeutic and so, so much more healing for me than any amount of therapy that the VA offered. Yeah. That's a big piece of it. Yeah. It's, it's almost like, um, I mean, I've done enough of these interviews now with all of you who are, have been through Melissa's touched by horse program certification where, you know, you um, talk therapy as a tool, right? But you're asking that tool to do something that it, it has limitations on. But what I've discovered with horses and how horses are, who horses are in the healing process, they're just a different tool that create a different experience. And it sounds like from everybody's um, experience that what that tool does is it opens something up that others, other things just can't. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so walk me through some of your experience with how you moved through. So you went from talk therapy, it, it relieved some pressure for a while, but the pressure kept building up. Mm -hmm. How did you get into the, and you had horses growing up, but I don't know if you knew that horses were like this thing that it could be that you they know didn't. it as now, right? No, I had no, no comprehension of that at the time. How did you, how did you discover horses as a healing tool and how, and how did you move through your own trauma to where you are now? I think for me, um, getting back from Afghanistan and not having my soul cult there anymore, um, left such a huge void. All of a sudden I started to have an awareness around, oh my gosh, these, these creatures are powerful. They're not just our, our pasture pets. They're not just, you know, these, these 
animals that we ride and and there's something so much deeper there um and i had witnessed it in watching people how their blood pressure would come down just being out in the pen with a horse um you know little i've heard melissa talk about how she she first noticed her clients when she had them come on site and was doing therapy sessions when they would take a break she noticed you know after lunch their energy had completely shifted and they were much calmer and in a much different space and she pieced that together um my experience is much the same and i found myself um like we talked about a little bit earlier, um, you know, that, that horrible job I took in South Dakota working for the railroad, I found myself living by myself, no animals around, uh, no family, no friends, and found myself in that really lonely space. And all that I could think about all day long hmm. was my horse. Hmm. I missed him, you know, even any other horse, um, just needing, feeling like I needed to be around that. Yeah. Um, and that really kind of clued me in. And, um, you know, my experience with soldiers and, and, a big piece of it, especially if you're in a leadership position, um, you know, a lot of these guys come back, they're high ranking NCOs or officers, and they've been barking orders for 18 months at, at subordinate soldiers. And, and, you know, it's yes, sir, how high do you want me to jump? And they come home to their families and they bark orders at their, their spouse or their kids. And, the, and they go, screw right. you, dad, you know, or screw right. you, mom. And, and so there's, there's a, a sense of, I, I believe, um, a lack of control, um, they they feel um like their leadership skills or abilities have been stripped um a lot of them have no idea who they are outside of the military their identity is compromised um that's a big piece of it so finding for me it was finding my way back to who i was outside of my title of military service member yeah um and and finding my way back to to what really uh i don't have right now i i don't have good words around what it was that horses were able to provide, but it's just such a calming. Um, there was such a sense of peace just being in their presence. I didn't have to be doing anything with them. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I, I recall specifically um, a big piece of work that I did in the, in the program as I was going through the Melissa certification program um, that ended up being around my deployment up to that point, I hadn't done any work around it. And, mm. you know, I walked kind of That's to that proverbial, that proverbial ledge and I didn't really want to step off. I was scared. And Melissa was like, just let it go. Just let it go. Yeah. I want to explore that for a second because that's interesting. I would think that the first thing you'd want to do if you're hurting is to go straight into that thing. Why, why was that something that you didn't first start with? Um, because facing that kind of pain, number one hurts. Mm -hmm. And I don't think a lot of people really are excited to jump into that. Um, and the biggest piece for me, uh, was that's a really ugly, dark, story that we yep. don't want to put on other people that haven't been there. Mm -hmm. um, that's, a, that's a really difficult thing, I think, for a lot of people, first responders, veterans across the board to talk about is their experiences they deal with day in and day out and facing death and, you know, getting shot at or having to piece broken bodies back together. That's not a conversation you have around a dinner table. Um, right. And it's right. easier just to kind of try and push it, you know, out of your mind and not think about it. Um, and, and it eats literally it eats you alive from the inside out. And that was the biggest thing I discovered for myself. I thought I was good. I had worked on my, you know, responses to triggers and, and thought life was well. And yet I was literally being eaten alive. Uh, you could spend your lifetime after service uh, dealing with the, tr the, the, the triggers on top of it all. Absolutely. And never getting the relief of, um, and not just relief, but like, I mean, we, it has your, on this side of it is your experience, like it's actually, 
um, neutralized. Like it's not even like, it, it, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you get what I'm asking, right? I do. And yes, I fully believe, I fully feel for myself that I have healed completely. Huh. I, I may still have moments where I have maybe a, a flashback memory and it, it I feel sadness, yeah. but I can recognize what it is and I can feel, feel it and just sit with it in the moment. It's not a, a an all encompassing crippling uh, moment anymore. And funny you ask that. I actually had a conversation with a veteran uh, last last year, I think late last year, um, that told me flat out he didn't believe me that I had healed myself from PTSD. Mm. He didn't think it was possible. Mm. And I hear that a lot. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, talk about um, a belief or a story that can keep it in motion. Like if you, if the Absolutely. story is you can't, you can't fix PTSD. I'm going to, I'm going to have that the rest of my life. Okay. Then Right. And I, that totally makes sense. If what you're used to is talk therapy, which releases pressure, but it builds again, every experience you've had is nothing has neutralized this. Um, then yeah, of course you sentence yourself to live with PTSD for the rest of your life. But what's so cool about um, this type of work with horses that bring, I want to jump into that in a second, but doing this type of work with horses that bring healing that you could actually neutralize all of that. And you could actually have a life after PTSD that has, that is no longer affected by or influenced by yes. PTSD is crazy. That's amazing. Yes. Yes. And the relief has been equally as amazing. I didn't believe it myself until I went through it. So how did you, did you first go through it? Like, so you came back and did you find a horse and, and hug the horse or did you come back and like jump into a program where somebody guided you through it? How did, walk me through how you went from discovering horses again to the neutralization of the PTSD for yourself. So I actually swore off horses for quite a number of years after mm. I got back from Afghanistan because I was so heartbroken from losing yeah. my soul pony. Um, right. So I suffered for a lot of years, probably close to a decade after I got back. Um, oh. I, I reached a point uh, in South Dakota where I, and I know this is going to be hard for some of my family that watches this to hear, but I reached a point where I was staring at the barrel end of my pistol and I was just ready to be done with this mm -hmm. life. Yeah. And at that point I knew I needed, I needed the relief for myself. I needed to find a way to heal, to genuinely heal, not just take, take the edge off. Yeah. And I knew that I needed to spend the rest of my life paying that forward. Mm -hmm. And so when I returned to Idaho from South Dakota, um, I made it my life's mission at that point to somehow bridge the gap between mm -hmm. uh, healing with horses and the experiences that these, these people in service industries, cops, medics, firefighters, veterans all have. Yeah. Um, and that was, I, I started a search um, and I found, you know, several different equine programs online and, and none of them really resonated with me until I found uh, Melissa's. And then it was a whole different experience going through the program. I just thought, oh, I'm going to get this cute little certification. This will hmm. be great. And then I got in and found out she demands we do our own work. And I went, wait, what? You want me to do what? Mm. <laughs> um, so that was life changing for me. Um, I, I, you know, here I'm used to talk therapy. So I thought, oh, all right, this is just going to be some little momentary, whatever. And for it to be, I mean, the, the gestalt piece of it is incredible because that, that deals with what's up in the moment and that gets to the core of it. It's like, if you have a rotting abscess, if you will, you know, mm -hmm. you can just put a bandaid over the top of it. It's going to keep festering. And that's mm -hmm. a lot of what talk therapy felt like for me. There was still a festering yeah. Um, this process allowed me to completely clean out that entire cavity and then fully supported by the horses, um, 
magical healing. I, and I don't even want to say magical because it's, it's so right. substantial and it's not right. airy fairy. It's, it's genuine and it's real. And, you know, even going back to the leadership issue, horses allow, you know, a, a person to learn how to interact and, and, oh, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for. Um, be a leader, I guess, in a different way. They're not just barking orders anymore. So when you're working with a horse, especially at Liberty, when they can say and walk off at any moment, they're not tied to a halter and a lead rope. That really forces that person to engage with them differently. Mm. Um, right. And it, it can build, you know, a different set of confidence skills. It can build a different way of interacting that can then change the the relationship with the family and the kids. And it's, it's just a beautiful, wow. all encompassing type of. Wow. How, how long did it um, take, would you say, from when you went into Melissa's program and you had to do your own work, meaning you had to, you had to process and, and bring your own um, issues, traumas, pains to the work, the gestalt work and the work with right. the horses? Like how long did it take you to move through to a place that felt neutral? Oh, man. Um, I resisted it for quite a while. Um, I would say probably close to 18 months. Mm-hmm. Um, there were, there were pieces, um, that were being put into place, um, all the while, um, there were, there was a lot of, uh, self-compassion work that was taking place, mm-hmm. um, before any of the grief work. Uh, it just, mm. that's the beautiful thing. It's different for each person. Yeah, of course. And yeah. it just needs to happen. Um, I remember, I remember the very first time I met Melissa at the demo weekend, she had mentioned the substantial amount of anger that I had. <laughs> mm. And she said, I needed to deal with it, whether it was within her program or with, with a gestalt therapist outside, you know, in the civilian world. Um, and when I came in her program, I didn't do a single anger release piece, which I found very interesting until mm. the very, very end. Yeah, um, that is interesting. It came up as, as grief uh, throughout most of the program. And once the grief was dealt with huh. then I, and, and the self-compassion piece was, was firmly in place at that point, then I could deal with the anger. That's when it came up. Interesting. Gosh, yeah. it's so fascinating. I, well, I think one of the things I, I love too about this work is that it deals, it's not, this isn't psychology. I mean, there's some psychology and I'm sure, but there's, there's something about, it's not heady. It's, it is you're pulling layers off and somebody else's layer, maybe anger first and then self-compassion, whatever. But ultimately it's you, that's what I love about Gestalt stuff is you get to, you'll see what shows up Absolutely. in the moment as you engage the conversation, as you do the work. Absolutely. And it's unique to each person because whatever that person needs is what's going to come up for them. And that gets worked on. It's not anything I decide for them. It's not anything the horse decides. It's that person has all their own answers. And yeah, that's the most beautiful part for me about it. Walk me through a little bit of the the way that it works then. So when somebody works with you, how does that, how does that work? Do they come stay at your place for like six months? Is it like they come once a week? Do they like, how does the process work? That'll mostly be decided through an intake process, mm-hmm. kind of gauging what the person needs. And that can change. I mean, maybe the person thinks, oh, I just want to come meet with you, do a couple one-on-one sessions and see what happens. If it needs to be more intensive mm-hmm. after that, we shift gears. That's, that's entirely on the client. Um, I do have several different, you know, package types, structured package types set up. Yeah. Um, but there's nothing saying that they're hard and fast and they can always be adjusted. Um, it's geared toward what the person needs. Right. Okay. Got it. That's great. Cause I think sometimes people could hear like oh, 18 months to, to, yeah. to see if it works. I don't know if I want to spend 18 months to see if it works. Right. So you're saying like they can come in, there's an intake process. So before they they're ever doing something, there's a, what a conversation that happens to see if there's a fit or to see if yes. they want to work with you and you want to work with them. Yep. Got it. Okay. Beautiful. Yeah. And then, and then they can come and do 
is it, does it start with like one session or, or that's the packages thing? Like I could buy a couple packages or a couple sessions or what? That's all very flexible. Um, the biggest thing for me, what, what I had to be mindful of in building my uh, practice and, and what I offer is that for a lot of veterans and first responders, they're not going to sit across from somebody knee to knee and start pouring their heart out. It's never going to happen. Yep. So even for yep. me, just them coming out and being able to interact with the horse um, and doing some, some exercises in a round pen on Liberty with the horse. Mm -hmm. That's the most important thing for me up front is just being able to let them get kind of just sink yeah. back into yeah. where, what they're comfortable with. And then at some point they're going to break open and be like, man, I really need to deal with this. And at that point, you know, I'll, we'll move into something different. I think that would be to hear that would be such a breath of fresh air to feel like, there's, there's something, oh my God, there's something that I don't have to sit down knee to knee and like pour my heart out. Cause I've done that. And I'm, I don't want to keep doing that. I don't like to visit that dark place. What I want to do is just, I, I want it to, I mean, to use the word magic without it being, you know, airy fairy. Right. But that I want something to, to just happen. Yep. That doesn't require me to always go dark yep. and pour my heart out, but that the experience creates a release the, the experience creates a, a healing. Absolutely. Which is what this, I mean, I, I mean, I, I, enough interviews in now to know that this horse, the process with horses uh, creates that. And I, I can't explain it. Yeah. I, I, I have mean, a hard time too. That? I know. Right. How do you explain that? Yeah. And it's not, and, and the other thing that's cool about the horse thing, it's not, it's not, um, there are many animals that are great for relief and comfort dogs. You know, there are, um, uh, companion dogs that are there for that type of thing but absolutely. horses are unique in their own in their own right they're in their own way that, absolutely how do you, how do you understand that because i know you as you went through melissa's program i'm sure there was some conversation about why is it that horses have this ability you know i still struggle with answering that um yeah. i like i said growing up with them i knew i loved them i was enamored with them i was that little girl it was like oh i want to have a pony <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah you know but i didn't understand the for lack of a better way to explain it the energy exchange because there really is um and i didn't understand it and and getting into melissa's program and seeing them you know the the most beautiful thing was you can have say three or four horses in this 20 acre pasture and you can be standing there with somebody and, and the moment they drop down into their actual authentic truth, they're not guarded anymore. They're not trying to, to put on a, a certain mask to be liked or accepted. All of a sudden, all those horses or, or maybe just one, whichever, um, stops grazing and is immediately right there. Like they, they just, they're so in tune. You don't have to, you know, you're not snapping your fingers and saying, Hey, come here, come over here. You know, it's all of their own free will and they tune into what's going on in us. And the moment we can let all of our crap go, let ourselves, you know, let our ego fall away, stop pretending to be something that we're not so that we fit in. And we just are right there in that moment. They're right there with us. It's incredible. It's very difficult to articulate around. Um, and, and I didn't really have a, a, an understanding of it, like I said, until I lost my own soul pony and then came back from Afghanistan in such an ugly space emotionally yeah, right. and realized just what he had been doing for me prior to that, that was totally out of my awareness. Yeah. I just got tears in my eyes. So you said that, like I, I pictured walking out into, so if I had some stress, some trauma, some PTSD, I walked out into a field. I don't want to talk to people. And, and this large animal acknowledges 
my presence like comes up to me, initiates contact with me, that yep. there is this moment where you just feel known. You feel seen. Absolutely. You feel understood. You can't explain it, but you know that something's happening. Like I didn't call this animal. It came to me and it's interacting with me. Yeah. It's incredible. I don't think most people feel that known in their own relationships, like in their closest relationships. Um, wow. Talk about a powerful moment. That's, that's incredible. And I love that it has its own, um, flexibility, right? Like, like there is the work, there's the structure, which I think holds it all together. It's not like, let's go out and just hang out with horses in a field. There's a structure and a process, right? which I think is helpful to move things forward. But, but inside of that process, things are very flexible for, for it to go the course it needs to go for you. There's no forcing a program on you. Absolutely. There's simply your healing. And there's no agenda. You know, right. there's no, oh, we need to do this. Okay. Oh, we got five minutes. We need to move into this. It's, right. it's very fluid. It's just very, yeah. very in the moment. It's whatever that person needs yeah. that day, which can be totally different from day to day. And that's what I love most about it. So good. Well, I think people listening to this, if you listen to this are a veteran or a first responder and you've had stress, you've had um, PTSD of some sort, you feel like you can't talk to anybody and you don't want to sit knee to knee and pour your heart out. Mm -hmm. um, there is another way. There is another option. And I think um, that starts with a conversation. You could have a conversation with Devin. Um, and then from there, you can figure out like what would best serve you. But I definitely think that reaching out for help for something that is as unique as this is better than, um, I mean, in the most dramatic sense, staring down the barrel of a pistol, right? Or, or maybe not as dramatic, but, but definitely um, chronic is feeling stuck in a life that you don't want. Like, you're like, I want something different. I have no way, no idea how to get out. Yeah. And the way out is to have this process, like to have this experience. So yes. Devin, if people want to reach out to you, um, connect with you, um, ask you more about this process, how do they connect with you? Um, I'm on Facebook currently. It's Spirit Mountain LLC. Um, I am in the process of getting my website up. Um, it, it is the link is on the, the Facebook page. Um, that should be up within the next few days. So that shouldn't perfect. be an issue. Um, but just in case Facebook is definitely safe. It's there. Yeah. Um, perfect. So you can, so it's just facebook.com forward slash spirit mountain LLC. Correct. And the uh, phone number, the phone number for the business is on there as well. So they can reach perfect. out via phone if they need to, or private yeah. message on the page. Perfect. And then the, like you said, the link is on the site on the, on the Facebook page too. So you can click to the, to the website from there. Yeah. Devin, this is such important work. Thank you for, thank you for, I think this takes, um, well, I don't know if it takes courage for you or not. I, it sounds like this, the trauma is neutralized and I'm, but it, I love that you're able to step into the darkness in a powerful way with others to help um, free them from that darkness so that it's Absolutely. neutralized. So good. I love it. So good. Well, thank you so much, Devin. Great to meet you. Um, thanks for this conversation. I hope to see, I hope to see you again. Thank you, Chris. Thank you so much for giving me a platform to, to talk about this as well. So, I appreciate it. So awesome. Bye. <laughs> Bye.